is the Too Much Dip Podcast. I am on the board today as your regular host, Dave Ruff, is out still. Uh, father to two now. Let's see his home with the baby. Mm. Yeah. So big ups to Dave. I'm not sure if we announced that last time on this show because he was, was kind of like waiting for him to do his thing. So either way, Dave's out. He's uh, He's got a, a newborn at home. So you got me on the board today. And of course, I am joined uh, via the miracle of the internet. KJ Ellis in uh, live from Wisconsin. What's up, KJ? Thank you, Dylan. Uh, yeah, shouts to Double Down Dave, Double Dad Dave, however you want to approach it. Uh, happy to be riding Pod Dornside. Um, That's right. You know, I think this will be a tremendous, uh, tremendous day of content, even if it is a little bit of a shorty. Um, we're kind of in that weird sports yep. mode where. Everything is happening, but it also feels like I'm getting a lot of time back, especially on Saturdays. Yeah, we got NFL cooking, of course. Uh, basketball is up and running, but you know, we we talk a lot of college football here, and we're between uh, regular season and bowl season, which gets kicked off this Saturday, I believe, which we will discuss more uh, Thursday during the live stream. Mm-hmm. But we still got a few things to talk about. How about we intro a uh, producer, Randy? What's up, Randy? Hey, what's up? I'm here too. All right. Who's hey, bringing the energy? Go, go Bears. <laughs> Randy, did the Bears okay. win? The Bears beat the Lions, yeah. Let's fucking go, Randy. I watched zero seconds of that game, but they did win. Well, but you saw the score. Yeah, I and saw the score. What, that's I, what I really matters. I also my, my Bears socks, too, just to rub it oh, in Oh, those face. are kind of sick. No one can see them, so that we probably shouldn't too much spend too much time talking I could, about I them. I show the folks at home. Well, boom. Bear socks. Oh, yeah. I like it. Those are stiff. Yeah. Uh, it, this is a fun time for me having a team in the college football playoff. I just the anticipation is killing me. I get to enjoy it's. Uh, it's been a while since I've I've felt the joy of waiting for a, uh, you know, a, an impactful bowl game or playoff. This is obviously the first time Texas is in a playoff, but it's fun for me, man. I, I've been reading a bunch of stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Well, before we. Um dive into talking sports or about any other like important supporters of the uh, pod. I did want to ask the, the general question. I'm um, in, let's see, four days preparing to head back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be there through Christmas and then uh, returning, you know, a few days after. My question is, have you done a travel for Christmas trip? Like, I I don't want to phrase this as destination since I'm going back to where family is per se, Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to like going on vacation with family. Um, But have you done that uh, having to prepare for said holiday from afar? I haven't. Uh, I'm lucky enough that all family uh, is within a couple hours drive from me. So Mm -hmm. haven't haven't gotten on any planes during Christmas time. Um. I have spent I have spent a Christmas in Colorado before on vacation, but it's been years and years and years. And I wasn't even it was like I was went with family. I wasn't even the one planning it or anything like that. So, because the thing that uh, my brain is like trying to wrap itself around is like I'm just planning to purchase whatever is you know whatever Santa's bringing is going to be found somewhere in North Texas. Uh, it might be ordered in advance uh, to where we'll be staying. Mm-hmm. Um, but a healthy chunk of that, like, uh, my brother is, he's in Mexico this, uh, like the week I'll be in town, he'll be in Mexico. So we're staying at his house when he gets back, we'll be in a hotel for, uh, a handful of days. 
you know, we could we could do the whole big house, uh, cousins running around and all that, but your boy's in grind grind mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple of days of work need to be done. Uh, so I felt like it'd be a nice thing to be like, all right, let's, you know, go stay at this hotel, get our, get our Kevin McAllister on uh, for Christmas Day, do whatever events they've got going on there, and then join the family. But I hadn't really considered like, okay, having two little ones, I don't know how to walk the fine line of like, hey, yes, of course, we welcome whatever you plan to bestow our children with for Christmas. As long as it can be checked through TSA or put into luggage at a nominal fee that is not absurd. (laughs) Like getting stuff back. I'm like, all right. You guys want to buy loud stuff? It's staying in Texas. You want to buy something oversized? You better ship it. Yeah, (laughs) Give me a prepaid label. That's the way to do it. As a guy that goes home for Christmas and stuff, I usually bring a, because Southwest get two free check bags, I usually bring an empty Mm -hmm. suitcase so that I can bring back presents that I get. But otherwise, it's just ship it. Straight from so, Amazon or whatever. Tell me about the empty suitcase. Like, do you put one inside of the other or do you throw like socks That'd in one so idea. it's not completely empty? I, I feel I, like I'd feel weird dragging around like a completely yeah, I, empty I, I, suitcase. I usually, the, I usually put a little bit of stuff in it so it has some okay. weight to it. So it's not just <laughs> it. But to be honest, like my one suitcase is really, they'll like put it on the scale. They're like, all right. And then they'll take the second one up and there's nothing in it. They're like, what, what is going on here? That's the winter coat suitcase for sure, if nothing else. And, you know, I'm looking at uh, Dylan right now, uh, guns ablazing, and uh, recent videos of people I've seen in Texas at 60 degrees uh, when it is full blown layer season here in Wisconsin. Like, I don't even know if I guess I'm bringing the coat. Yeah. Two days ago, I was uh, on my, at my building, I was on my rooftop, mm-hmm. just getting sun and reading a book. Like, it was, wonderful it was like 74 degrees sunny it was incredible a little a little front came through since then so it was a little bit this morning it was 30 it was freezing it was like 32 when i woke up it was like legit cold like but record breaking no it's it's december kj come on okay um <laughs> i did but, see something on twitter i still follow some of like the austin-based news from the time i lived there and i think i saw somebody throw out like record breaking low but as you know that might mean for Four minutes at Bergstrom, it yeah. hit it an is all-time low. Sixty-five and sunny currently, so it has warmed up since this morning, which is nice. But you know, considering the as hot as it gets in Texas, I, I like a cold winter. I do. I always have. Yeah. So uh, I welcome the cold. Randy, Randy, not so much. We disagree there big time, but that's okay. I guess I've never really uh, gauged Randy's uh, position on it. You know, maybe due to lack of interest. But, uh, well, to give you (laughs) more insight into Randy's feelings on the weather in, in Austin, uh, midsummer. And and of course it gets extremely hot here. Hundreds humidity Mm -hmm. is crazy. Randy will take what he calls hot boy walks. Uh, he will just go on a walk. Like he'll leave the office and walk up and down the street a couple of times and just, I don't know, like to get sweaty. I, I I don't, I've never understood it, but, uh, he's a, he's a different breed. So gotta warm up. Fair. You don't because it's already hot. So, <laughs> all right. Before we talk, before well, we get into it. some sports, let's uh, let's hear from our friends at Schedule Thirty Five. What is Schedule Thirty Five? It is a Canadian-based startup that ships across Canada and the United States. Their mission is to educate and enrich lives with deeper meaning and a better sense of self through microdosing psilocybin products. Schedule Thirty Five is the first nationwide trusted consumer psilocybin brand. 
that makes microdosing and living your best life accessible and simple to do. The key here is uh, the sub-hallucinogenic level of psilocybin. Uh, take a little bit, it gets you, you get your mind, you know, focused, laser sharp. Um, taking it a few times, I think most of the guys around the office have taken it a few times. Not our drug, not all drugs are created equal. Psilocybin, for example, when taken thoughtfully at a sub-hallucinogenic level, can sharpen your focus, hone your mental clarity, unleash your creativity, expand your mind, open your heart, and ease your anxiety. While you shouldn't experiment with those shrooms you got from your brother's sketchy friend, Schedule 35 takes a science-backed approach to microdosing shrooms. They precisely measure out every dose. They verify the age of every one of their uh, customers. They ship direct, uh, discreetly to you. And better yet, they give you microdosing regimen that allows you to enjoy the benefits of psilocybin without any of the hallucinogenic effects. Get 15% off with code BANG at schedule35.co. That's 15% off schedule35.co with code BANG. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little sports. Let's start with the NFL. You cool with that, KJ? I think I am. Can you read the first, get the painful part out of the way. You read the first bullet point here that I don't know who put this in. Someone did. What does it say? Uh, let's see. It says... Top NFL quarterbacks Trevor Lawrence and Pat Mahomes no. have both lost no. two weeks in a row. Here, I'm going to highlight oh, it for wait, you. No. Here, this part that's highlighted. <laughs> KJ Ellis has something nice to say about the Cowboys. All right. And maybe specifically Dak Prescott. How about that? Okay. Let's hear um, it, man. You're 10 and 3, Dallas Cowboys, by the way. The Cowboys are in a position where having one, one by. Um, I think everybody can agree the Niners have kind of set themselves as a cut above because they've played both the, the Cowboys and Eagles, stomped them. That takes away nothing, including the head-to-head matchup, in my mind, of the quality of the team that the Cowboys are right now. Um, they are largely healthy. Um, they have a coach who had surgery and three days later is like, running down the sideline, banging timeouts uh, in critical moments to add points on the board. Um, Mind you, a certain former uh, co-host of this show had that timeout not been executed properly. I guarantee it would have been a part of his team session, even with the 30 point victory or whatever. I think that McCarthy deserves credit for that. And there are very few areas where if they're healthy and they're clicking, that you see weakness. Trayvon Diggs is injured. Like I, I just thought of them as a healthy team multiple times over. And that's an all pro cornerback. And they filled that gap, you know, successful with Stefan Gilmore. Leighton Vander Esch is out for the year, maybe for, you know, his career starting linebacker. I don't think anyone's looking around like that upset that they're missing Leighton Vander Esch. They probably did want Shaq Leonard. In fact, you know, they were second in line for Shaq Leonard's skills. Um, but nobody is sitting there looking at their defense saying, well, if they'd really had a starting cornerback and a starting linebacker, they'd be able to do something. Yeah. They just shut out one of the most dominant offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing to be said with any substance of negativity about this team at this point in the season. Again, Niners game aside with it included, whatever they are a top contender yeah. uh, in the NFC. The lions don't really look to be threatening. The Eagles, I think, are still a good team. 
I don't think if anybody walks away from like what they saw from the Eagles yesterday or their close wins over the last month and, and like thinks that they're not going to be a force in the playoffs and down the line, I think you're ridiculous. But I feel a lot more confident in like the Eagles than I would say the Lions or the Seahawks, like the next closest teams in the NFC. So if you're going to the playoffs, like worried about one team, granted it might be the team that's bumped you the last two years, it's still a great position to be in. Yeah, the Cowboys, I've always been of the opinion, sometimes publicly, sometimes privately, that uh, it kind of held back by Dak. Very talented team these last few years. Uh, McCarthy, not in love with McCarthy as coach. But Dak has always kind of played played really well in stretches in the regular season. Uh, he's had his problems with interceptions last year in particular. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. playoffs come around, and he's just kind of a guy. Uh, I've never seen him play at the level he's playing right now. And one, an example I can point to is he is, his pocket presence has improved dramatically. He is, he feels pressure really well. He escapes the pocket when he needs to, and he looks mobile. Like he, he escapes the pocket and, and looks upfield. And he hasn't always mm-hmm. been great at that. An example, perfect example is the touchdown he threw to CD last night. Got flushed out of the pocket, rolled left, eyes upfield, and, and found CD coming across, um, you know, for a touchdown. It was a, a great yep. play and a play that he doesn't always make in the past. So that's really encouraging. I think he's playing his his best football that he's ever played, and if he can continue to play at this level in the playoffs, it, they have a chance to make some noise. Uh, it's really, really good to see. So uh, looking across the the league, like. I'm not looking to have the top quarterback debate, but headline news is, you know, Dak is the front runner for the MVP at this point in the year, which is oftentimes a quarterback award. So you glance out there and you're like, okay, well, top of the NFC, we've already mentioned the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. We know it's not a record-shattering year to, like, warrant him any of that attention. They're a full team. It's He's a big part of their success. Anytime they win, it's like, uh, Jalen Hurts like did something spectacular. I don't think anybody of reasonable mind is seriously going to say Brock Purdy is the most valuable player on that team, much less in the NFL. He is commanding that offense to a high level, but like I think that's ridiculous to think. You look on the other side, and you've got the Ravens atop the NFC or AFC right now at ten and three. The Dolphins play tonight with a chance to tie that mark. Pat Mahomes is at eight and five. Pat Mahomes should always be like your default number one until otherwise said. Mm-hmm. But again, at eight and five, it's just not an MVP year at this point. You go to Lamar, and it's like this dude just got paid. And I still am not uh, like willing to like profess, like, okay, here's his MVP season. They've got plus 143 uh, point differential, you know, and, and, uh, Tremendous uh, defensive performance for them as well, uh, holding teams to fewer points than the Cowboys, actually. Uh, and scoring yeah, about 20 points shy, or actually, I take the back, they're like 80 points shy of where the Cowboys are. So that tells me, again, more of a complete team, less of Lamar Jackson. You might be able to start talking to a, but I don't think that voters are going to go out and say, Tua or Dak and feel that they, the pressure to pick Tua unless, 
I don't know. The Cowboys dropped two games, and the Dolphins are the number one seed in the AFC. I think that's the only way it's not Dak. So he's the heavy odds on favorite at like plus 160. Is he? I think it's still money well spent. Um, yeah. And deservingly so at this point. It's not the most competitive year from an MVP race standpoint, but still, the dude has done looks, exactly what could be asked. He looks maybe, great. Maybe you start to see like the Kellen Moore. Uh, I don't know why I thought there would be a bigger change or maybe even a step back possibly with that departure. Very few like OC shifts like that happen and yeah, because things McCarthy's. continue clicking and or slightly improve. And it's, that's what's happened. I didn't have faith in Mike McCarthy calling plays. That seemed like, I mean, I, I didn't love Kellen Moore. Yeah. But Mike, I don't know. Mike McCarthy's doing a great job. Uh, you, yeah, mentioned, you mentioned Pat Mahomes. How much of the uh, KC Buffalo game did you catch? <laughs> Not as much as I wish I had. I had to go back and watch some of the highlights, especially the end of the game. Um, this was one we, we we ran through on dip picks. I, I didn't have a chance to pull our records, but um, it's certainly one I was keeping my eyes on uh, as a Jags fan, watching the uh, Jags lose now two weeks straight to an AFC North team with a backup quarterback. Last week to Jake Browning on Thursday night, and this week to Joe Flacco. <laughs> Flacco, whatever. In the morning slate, I'm like, shit. Well, let's look around the uh, playoff standings. KC is, you know, sitting there in the third slot for, you know, whatever that matters. And um, I don't know. I thought that this was going to be the nail in the coffin for the Bills. So yeah. I, I checked in a little bit and had to come back and watch the ending. And I don't, it's, it's, it's hard. If you're a Chiefs fan, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. But after watching the pass interference during the Packers game, not get called. Um, and then this, they've got a good reason to be pissed off today. I mean, technically speaking, was Tony offsides on that play? He was. But you say they have a right to be pissed. You think that's a call that's just not always called? That there's a little bit of uh, leeway there. There is, but I don't know. He, the call was technically correct, right? And I think because it was such a crucial moment in the game, does that make it more or less likely that that's called? I don't. I don't know. I could see arguments on both sides of it. It's like, all right, now that you know, because if it's if it's second quarter. You know, five minutes left. It's like, all right, no one, no, no one, no one remembers that play. I don't remember what game it was, but we talked about a game. Uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, where there's a backside of the play holding penalty on a wide receiver. The play went the other complete other direction, and it was one of those where usually you'll see the receiver, maybe even the DB, not take a play off, but they're just kind of engaging one another. The play goes the other way; doesn't matter. I think it was like a run to the left, but the receiver on the far right side against the sideline had a holding penalty. Maybe it was the, uh, it was the commanders, uh, I believe, who got blown for a penalty. And it's just like, why are you even calling this? Yeah. They're not any good. It wouldn't matter. Like, it probably would have changed some things for them. But still, here, there's two things. A, I get it. Call it. It was offsides. But the thing that I think the Chiefs should be pissed off about is not just Kadarius Tony. It's something that NFL teams get have began to get flagged for, begun to get flagged for, whatever, started to get um, called out for 
is when your offensive tackles start like they're supposed to line up where their head, I think, breaks the hip line of the center. They can't be any further back than that. Yeah. When they're set. And you'll get centers with the ball down. Guards will be half a foot back from that. And tackles will be breaking the hip line of the guard who's already halfway back from the center. And you look down, it's like, okay, technically the tackle's in the backfield. And they do it to give themselves like an advantage to pass rush. Um, and Kadarius Tony was with the center. Like he was off sides, but like not by much. Uh, shout out to Rex Ryan for acknowledging that it was like a toe on the line, like, uh, you know, something he'd be interested in, but, um, it became, it looks so egregious because of where the tackles lined up. You've got even, uh, Travis Kelsey, I think is the receiver that was off the line. Who's in line with that tackle, but is supposed to be lining up off the line. So that's what made Tony look so exposed. They could have thrown a penalty on the tackle. And it worked out the same way. No, yes. And maybe Kadarius Tony isn't getting embarrassed, but Kansas City's what they chose. right tackle, Jawan Taylor, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. He is notorious for, for cheating. Uh, he, he lines up like way in the backfield. Not only that, but he'll he'll get a half a step. He times it really well to his credit. Oh, yeah, the offsides. He gets yeah. a half a step head start when, when dropping back in a pass protection. Uh, that could get called on most plays, and, and it just doesn't. I think he's gotten mm-hmm. called a few times for it throughout the season, but he, he yep, cheats he played, the system uh, a little bit. I don't know if it was the Jags who snitched, but you'll hear him uh, in broadcast say like, oh, the refs have been warned to pay more attention to this this week or such and such team brought this to the refs' attention. And I think the Jags played the, the, the Chiefs week two or week three this season, and he got penalized like four times in that game. And I think as a former Jag himself – it might've been one of those where like, Oh, Hey, watch this guy for this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been like the top penalized tackle yeah. of the year for that reason. So it sucks. It's, it really does, but they'll be fine. As a receiver, when you're standing on the line and you get to look down, you see exactly where the ball is placed. You even get to check with the, you know, the, the ref, mm-hmm. like, Hey, am I good? Like thumbs up. Like they do that all the time. There, there's absolutely no excuse to line up off sides. There's none. It's gotta be the easiest thing in football to do is just not line up offsides so i get yeah. i get why you're upset as a kansas city fan but it was technically the right call yeah know. it sucked i'm really excited like you board. can't call things on whether or not there's an advantage gained or not that certainly seems like one of those things yeah. that like how much of an advantage is gained from this three inches of difference but i bitched about it i think uh Last week that there, maybe this is just in a group text, Micah Parsons was definitively offsides on one of the plays um, uh, towards the end of the game against the Seahawks. Like, yeah, there was a second, third, fourth down passes. It was clearly offsides on second, very close on third, and not offsides on fourth, but he was so far wide that it kind of threw things off. But, like, it yeah. would have affected the game. They would have first down. Like, it would have been a big, big deal had they flagged him for it, but they didn't, so... Whatever. Also, it sucks, but again, it's the Chiefs. Who cares? I don't love I don't love the argument that in crucial moments of the game, like you should let certain yeah, things let go. go. I think it should be called consistently throughout. There's a there's a trend in basketball that drives me crazy. Final moments of a basketball game, like if a ball gets, you know, knocked out of bounds, they'll stop the clock 
and then they'll go to the, the monitor and be like, okay, let's add three tenths of a second because the clock ran too long. And so, you know, inbound pass with the game on the line, you have 1.2 seconds as opposed to, you know, 0.9 seconds, which is the right call. But if you think about it, they don't do that throughout the game. Like fractions of seconds are lost throughout the entire game. And finally, in the last 30 seconds or a minute of the game, okay, now let's get let's get real meticulous about how much time is left. That, that has always bothered me a little bit. Why can't you just find a way to be consistent and get it as right as you can all the time? You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. I, th- I think that uh, especially in football, they utilize microchipped soccer balls and like laser lines for soccer all of the time. There's no technological reason. Like this isn't balls and strikes in baseball, which I think everybody understands could be done easily given how like, the technology well it is, works in tennis. It's already right in our faces. Like, I mean, the, any broadcast you watch on TV, it shows you if it's an actual ball or strike. It's, it's going right. to change soon. In the NFL, it becomes a little bit more murky because, again, you'll see you don't always have clear lines of sight. But what yeah. you do have is a ball that very easily could be microchipped yeah. in a field that very easily could be set up to measure these things accurately yeah. um, if, in fact – you wanted to do it and you would have to sync up like, okay, the time that the ball crossed the threshold, these sorts of little nuances uh, to when it was possessed and all of these things, but it could be resolved. Could a toe on the line be uh changed? Well, as you pointed out, there's a very easy system. You look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a subjective call. If he says you're good, right. You're good. Um, and maybe that was what we complained about. There was a receiver that checked with the line judge and like didn't get a response or something and got flagged for it or uh, something ridiculous. But uh, I did that as uh, far back as middle school. I remember like looking over, like it might go, like because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand. You know, you have to have a certain like the you number of people certain, off the line, right? And exactly. And like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, so like, like am I <laughs> am I in the right spot? Like, yeah, you're good. Okay, that's me in any actual basketball game I've ever participated in when it comes to free throws and whether it's one or two and then like at Mm. what point in time timeouts are called and like substitutions. Like I never felt more just sports ignorant than like it'd get to uh, a free throw scenario and be like, Nope, Nope. Uh, We're going to do one and one. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm going to miss both. (laughs) So if you're telling me we're done with this uh, after my first miss, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, NFL, uh, this is a beautiful time. Um, I'm glad that this game has come and gone because the Eagles schedule gets easier. I'm not rooting for them here. The Cowboys schedule gets more legitimate by the time you get to playoff time. You know, this isn't college. We're not going to talk about who looks the best, but there will be no questions about like the, the Niners, the Eagles and the Cowboys, assuming health is, is the same. You're going to have like, a very clear cut elite level of playoff teams and some other teams that like could really screw things up. And I think that'll be exciting. Yeah. Maybe the Vikings will be one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't know how much of this Vikings Raiders game you caught, but if you didn't catch any of it, you missed <laughs> apparently nothing. Three to zero. <laughs> the baseball score. What? Did you watch any uh, the of second it? time? No, no, I what actually, uh, I was at a restaurant and they were running the Bears um Lions game, which Justin Fields looked looked okay. 
Randy? Um, I don't know. I didn't watch. <laughs> he didn't wear it. Right? <laughs> He's learned. But then I did see something on the screen pop up of like the first time since 88 or 98 or whatever that you've had two NFL games go scoreless in the first half in the same day. And I'm like, that's weird. Interesting. You, I feel like you get that occasionally, but like apparently not. So for them to finish out a game six, nothing with two field goals, like that's just, that's brutal. Um, yeah. Right after the Patriots, the Patriots could have been one of those teams and help Bailey Zappi and Zeke Elliott, by the way, on Thursday night uh, scored three times. So uh, they bitch Josh Dobbs, but they're, squarely in the playoff conversation. Like they're in a wild card slot right now. Yeah. It's such a huge cliff after like the lions at nine and four, big question mark. But then you get the Vikings, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, saints, all at seven and six or six and seven. Would you pick any of those teams after the lions to win a playoff game? Uh, probably not. No, absolutely not. Seattle. Maybe I guess. Yeah, Seattle's not. They're, they're hot and cold, mostly cold. But Rams, maybe because like for some reason in my uh, head, I just keep thinking that they're the team I keep saying is just not healthy yet. Yeah, I don't know how good or bad they are, but my head, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Wait seven. till Cooper Cup gets back and Jeez. he's back. Yeah, NFC is pretty top heavy. It, it would appear <laughs> the Saints are the only uh, positive point differential. I guess the the Rams are too. Um, but of that, that little group, yeah, the saints are plus 24 and they just had a car, uh, get injured. So, wow. Yeah. All right. We'll talk a little Anyhow. college football before that. Let's talk prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. That's Daily Fantasy Sports. Just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than uh, on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a combo 10 and a half uh, of three points made or uh, plus receptions. That's cool. Cross cross sport plays are a lot of fun. Prize picks is really simple to play. Uh, I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. They also have very quick withdrawals, uh, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types uh, are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And they now offer Apple Play. That's a lot of fun. For someone like me who plays fantasy football and my, you know, my team gets wrecked like four or five weeks in, I'm like, all right, now what am I going to do? You get a little action in the game. Prize picks is perfect. That's why I play it. Go to prizepicks.com slash dip and use code dip for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash dip and use code dip for a first time deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Adding Apple Pay is just clutch for them. It is. Uh, nice, that is by far nice touch. the quickest way to get me from, uh, oh, am I, I going to really put my money where my mouth is on Zeke uh, this week? Uh, 
yeah, absolutely I will. He scored three and, times. Uh, no, no, no. Bailey Zappi, the quarterback, uh, threw three touchdown passes, one of them to Ezekiel oh, Elliott, okay. was... which will be added to my total touchdown uh, what is count that? on the year. He is only seven away with four games left. All right. <laughs> Doable. <laughs> he's going to have to go on a tear, but it's, he's not out of it quite yet. A uh, little college football. It's, it's a weird time in college football. We know that. Um, waiting on bowl season to start back up. But we did have the Army-Navy game over the weekend, which is the best spectacle in sports, uh, college sports, that is. A lot of fun. Did you catch any of that game? I did. And it is one of the few games um, that I watch on TV like I might attend a game in person where I'm just there for the pageantry yep. and pregame. You're not there for the quality <laughs> of football on the field? The game starts and it's like, okay, let's go back out to uh let's go back out to the tailgate. That's yeah. about how I approach that. It's background noise all morning long. Uh I think Bill Belichick was on game day. And yes. by the way, what? Is he jockeying for uh like a TV gig? Because he oh. had more personality in like a seven minute appearance than I've seen him have like in any setting. Uh, for quite some time, did the uh, that was, that was, that probably was the unintentional bit. homage to Lee Corso pulling out the helmet and putting it on, which was uh, kind of cool for <laughs> Bill Belichick. So I guess bad. was our commander in chief at the game. I know that's uh, tradition. Great question. Maybe Doctor Joe? Joe was. I'm sure he was. Sure, but uh, as we are also like, I guess somewhat, or uh, I don't know for sure. I, I, I'd miss that element of it. Uh, if he was not, and they did my least favorite thing in sports of all time, which is the pre-recorded presidential interview, mm-hmm. like nothing aside from like the 60 minutes intro, nothing would drive me more insane as a kid than like the soap opera filter on like the presidential interview in the middle of like the Super Bowl or the Army Navy game. Yeah. And you're like, what are you talking about? Get this off of here. Give me the stormtroopers in the crowd or whatever. That's a game I need. I need to catch it live. <laughs> don't worry, KJ. Yeah. I don't think Joe knows if he was there or not either. Okay. Okay. He's old. We get it. Look at this guy from yeah. the Swing State. I want to take Parks to that game. You know, that'd be it. They had the, the the paratroopers fly down or not fly down, but skydive down uh, before land on the field. Like a, a bunch of them, like five to seven of them. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think Barstool Sports was like a a major component like sponsor that Portnoy was down and he fired the, the kickoff cannon and all that. And, um, former, uh, circling back live stream guest rigs, I believe, uh, is a big part of that too. As a former cons. West point, uh, cons, I'm sorry, not rigs. Cons, yes, yeah. cons. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know a lot of the nicknames. <laughs> it's all right. It's quite all right. Yeah. That's, that's a cool one, man. That's a one I, I, I want to get out to once at some point. Army won it. I believe they did. Um, I'm, it still takes time and patience for me mentally to like wrap my head around like, okay, why can't they just run something different? But then you begin to understand like the, A, the actual commitments they have, but the fitness tests more importantly that they yeah. have, uh, mental acuity tests aside, but like the fitness tests that the offensive linemen have to complete is no different than what wide receivers, quarterbacks, whoever has to complete is a member of the service academy. So having a six, seven, you know, beefy lineman, not only a, are they going to have a difficult time recruiting them given their military commitments, but B 
that lineman's going to have a difficult time completing whatever uh, physical yeah. uh, fitness uh, test that they have to do. So you usually end up with the smaller, it's more a, athletic offensive line that has to do the cut blocking in order, in order yeah. to survive. It is a, a different breed of football player for sure. Uh, better, men, better men than I am, that's for sure. We had the Heisman and ceremony Christmas. over the weekend as well. Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, took it home. How you feel about it, KJ? You look upset. I don't know. I uh, I am not sure what it is about me where I find like things that I don't necessarily care about at all, and then I'll realize about four chrome tabs in that I'm like trying to like construct a case against somebody or something to have an argument that I'm not even really going to have with anyone just to make myself feel better about it. But Jaden Daniels was exactly that this year. Like once he became the Heisman front runner about two or three weeks left in the season, mm-hmm. I think it was after they hung like six touchdowns up on some uh, like terrible school. They're like, Oh, Daniels, a clear cut leader for yeah. Heisman. And I was like, oh, that's trash. And then I went back and looked, he put up good numbers against everybody they played. So, LSU nine and three, mm-hmm. never re- not really in consideration for you know a playoff berth, and they they did beat up on some pretty poor teams, and he had some gaudy stats against them. He's a hell of a quarterback, really really Correct. good. I'm not going to say you say he's not deserving of the Heisman. I just don't like what the Heisman has turned into. I mean, it's it's a quarterback with the gaudiest numbers. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely Lane Lincoln will Riley not, and Cliff. You'll have a running back win it. Um, Devontae Smith, it was the first receiver in a long time to win it a couple years back, whenever that was, but it's just, it's just a, a beauty contest. It's a quarterback with the gaudiest numbers wins the Heisman defensive players, not even considered. And that, I don't yeah. know, it's, it's a little, eh, it's, it's obvious it's the, it's the Heisman trophy. It's still awesome. I just don't love what it's turned um, into. I don't know. I think I've been on record as saying, like, I'm a fan of Dr. Pepper Fansville. Like, I like that commercial series. I think it's gotten a little stale. The Heisman um, House one? Some of, no, the the Fansville, Dr. Pepper Fansville. Oh, okay. That they do. But I thought, like, the Stranger Things theme they started with, like, I thought it was really cool, and they had some, they had some great things to it initially. Heisman House, it hasn't changed much. But it's so ridiculous that they do really well in playing to whatever your stereotype caricature of these athletes is. And, of course, the mascots are there just for, like, you know, kid factor, I think. To where I don't think, I don't care about the fact, is it Nissan that even does that? So, like, I'm saying all of this to say, like, I kind of just care of who's going to end up in the Heisman house more so than I care who's going to win the award. Yeah. (laughs) And when I looked at the slate of quarterbacks this year, I'm like, old man me is like, okay, this should be Penix, undefeated quarterback, good enough numbers, even though I've seen him play and he's not necessarily the difference maker on that team individually as much as like maybe Bo Nix was, who'd lost a couple head to heads there. Yeah. Um, I kind if I really cared about seeing it improve or about getting back to a time where I was like dialed in for the Heisman ceremony and waiting for whatever documentary is going to come on right afterwards. If I really, really cared, I would want one change to be made. And in the college football playoff mentality, I need them to say, 
here are like going into maybe week 11. Here are the top voting receiving quarterbacks, skill player and defensive player. And the lineman part is difficult, but I think maybe you reserve the, cause they do all of those awards like in 20 minutes on the day before Friday night or whatever. Maybe you just reserve one of the lineman awards or acknowledge them at the event but I want the top five finalists to include a skill player and a in a defensive yeah. player, so that the finalist voters have to evaluate yeah. that impact the play. You know, whatever player that is from a defensive standpoint, whatever skill position player. Because I think Ollie Gordon deserved to be there. Yeah, at least get that level of attention of like his highlights run. Same thing defensively, and then proper arguments can be had. Yeah, they may still lose, be fourth and fifth. But it it forces like that attention. I don't hate Here's that. your five. Like I don't if, hate if that. they diversified it intentionally, I I think I would be more dialed in to like enjoy the arguments of who's going to win, who's going to whatever. Yeah. Like, especially since we pretty much know who's going to win going into the ceremony. It's like it, it's right. it's pretty much already sealed up. I mean, Vegas odds have been released, and it's like okay, we know Jaden Daniels is is most likely going to win this thing. My man, Devondre Sweat, defensive tackle for Texas, he made a watch list for the Heisman, like. Four weeks back, then he fell off at the next week. He was like, "All right, that's cool to see," but yeah, I, I like I've your learned, idea. All that means is that vo- is that voters are then provided with like, I don't know. I'm sure today it's just a link to a web page that includes the games and or their film or their clips. Mm-hmm. But like those watch lists are essentially that. Like they pick a group of twenty people, and that's why you get preseason watch lists. It's not somebody just saying like, "Here's our guesses." Yeah, as much as it's here's how we narrow down. 1200 athletes to yeah. give the people voting something to pay attention to. And yeah. then that kind of shifts. The, again, if they give me five, I can at least argue about it going into the final week. The way too early odds for 2024 Heisman have been released in the top four are quarterbacks. Um, Quinn. We got, we got Jalen Milrow, Dylan Gabriel, who's now the Oregon quarterback. Quinn. Ooh. My man, Quinn Carson Beck. And then Ollie Gordon is uh, number five. Give me the last three. There's no reason that, like, Dylan Gabriel's on there because of Bo Nix and because of the marketing that Oregon will do. Nothing about his numbers in any year justify that. Uh, and then the other one you said was... Um, Carson Beck, Georgia quarterback. He's on there. Oh, Milrow. Milrow, Milrow. being on there. Yeah, he, Equally he's so, on there. like, the amount of attention Bama's going to get in their record, Yeah, that's why he's going to be on there. But nothing about his style of play... That's like talking Jalen Hurts for MVP. Like nothing about his style of play, I think, should hold a candle to what. Yeah, and I, well, I guess Carson Beck should be on the same page if I'm going to knock Milrow for that. But still, when yours last three, he he should put up numbers, but he's he's losing a lot at receiver, a lot, like top three guys and possibly his tight end as well, who's really really good. Wake have, me in uh, February because they're going to have to hit I the think portal. You'll hard. be blown away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they We're will get some of that, but it is that's no, there's nothing guaranteed about that. Fair, fair. Uh, I just got notification earlier that uh, SMU is signing a defensive lineman who's you know played some downs for Georgia, and I'm like, good, this isn't going away. Like, I was worried that our portal success would start to wane. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, but, Texas uh, hadn't made any moves yet, but I think it's, it's still coming. coming. We it's got coming. some time. All right, that'll do it for college football. Uh, the Lakers won the in-season tournament and for some reason celebrated like they won the finals with champagne. 
uh, with the whole like ski goggle situation in the locker room, which I found a little bit confusing. I didn't know they would take it that seriously, or maybe that was just part of like, like I don't know, they had to. They're sponsored by, I don't know, moms or whatever. What kind of champagne <laughs> they have in there? I'm not sure. Um, I. I'm wavering between like, I'm glad the players care. Like Anthony Davis put up 41 and 20. Like he played his ass off in the game. LeBron plays ass off in all of the in season tournament games. Neither of them give a shit about the money, but I think it's good to see that. Like, I don't think we're going to meme this tournament to death. Like, uh, and shame the NBA of it working or not working the numbers will come in whether people paid attention or not will be the question mark. Um, Landry asked why the hell we had two uh, Monday night football games. And for a brief moment, I wondered like, did they not want to throw something on Saturday because of the end season tournament? Probably the networks didn't, but like, you know, was there any discussion of like, Hey, let's give that some breathing room. And I'm not look at the ratings guy, but if people liked it, Sure. If they wouldn't have screwed up the courts, maybe I would have been a little confused by the schedule, but by all accounts, like the players cared. The games were good. So, yeah, I guess you know. I, I wonder if this is an indication of how good the Lakers are, or did the play, did, uh, the, yeah. did the players like treat this as like just any regular season game and didn't play their ass? You know, you, you, you turn it up for the playoffs. You know, I wonder if they like turned it up for this tournament or was just like, oh, well, the Lakers won. Big deal. Let's move on. I don't know. And they they did this to not only offset the lack of attention played uh, paid to the NBA during this part of the year. You know, we've we've said many a times we don't really start turning on the NBA until the Christmas Day games. But I also think it was a part of like offsetting how many how much players are rested uh, at this part of the year. So with the NBA All Star break, Christmas games are coming up obviously, and then NBA All Star break in February, whatever, late January. I think they can bridge that gap. Uh, so we'll see. If, if nothing else, it gave us meaningful Charles Barkley uh, early in the year. And there you go. Nobody's here to hate on that. There you go. Uh, anything else in the NBA before we party? We got just a couple quick let's party see. notes here. Yeah. Let's do a quick darty. All right, here we go. Bro, let's go out this weekend. There's a crazy event happening. Since I don't know where Dave keeps the the other ones on here, we're gonna go with that. It doesn't matter. I just I like that uh, my brain completely forgot that that's where we're going. <laughs> All right, first one, we got Bronny makes his college basketball debut for USC. He scored four points. However, USC lost to Long Beach State. <clears throat> Yay, boo. He, um, he made a very LeBron-esque uh, block from behind on kind of a, a fast break situation, which was cool to see. He, uh, he's got a little bit of his, his old man's athleticism for sure. But uh, he's got a long way to go, I think, to be uh, – is he an NBA guy? Like, there's a lot of talk about like LeBron wanting to play with Bronny in the NBA. Just, do we even know that he's going to be able to play in the NBA? Is this his sophomore year or is his freshman year? It's his freshman year. Freshman year? Okay. Um, I think that the honest answer is probably not, barring him having like some insane development in his three-point shot. Um, but again, I'm ignorant and I don't know. Uh, so... I think the other factor is that NBA draft picks are a waste 90% of the time. Like outside the lottery, teams will take a flyer on anybody. 
And if for some reason you thought that this gave you a sliver of an opportunity to either A, improve your own television ratings, yeah. or B, True. increase the chance of like chatter about your franchise, having a chance to like bring LeBron for half a season, um, he will be drafted in that regard. Yeah, uh, fair enough. The, the Mavericks drafted Satnam Singh out of India purely for the ability to have a player from India because they figured there's a billion, you know, sets of eyeballs in that country. Let's let's penetrate that potential market. Yeah. And he might have played like 10 games and shouldn't have played any. Yeah. Uh, and it was all just to make a documentary. So, yeah. But who knows? On the other cool hand, there him. are international well, players his, that pay off. Well, he had his his heart uh, situation not long ago that he was recently cleared from. And remember, yeah, he's so got pig heart now, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the situation there, but I'm glad to see that he's able to <laughs> to play again. You know, that's good. Yeah, yeah uh, I, got, I don't uh, know what it is either. And as somebody with uh, some cholesterol uh, concerns, occasionally, you know. I probably should not be joking about someone having a pig heart, especially at that age. I'm glad to see he's healthy and back. I will, I will genuinely say that. Big baseball news here. Shohei Otani has signed with the Dodgers for 10 years, $700 million. I can't even fathom. <sighs> about half of that was deferred. Um, so it's, not, it's, you know, he wants talent around him. So uh, they're going to spread these 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 payments out a bit to kind of help uh, help with that. But good grief, that is that is just stupid money. I uh, I don't know what my favorite part of this news cycle has been for Shohei's off season. I'm fairly like I'm 99 sure I saw an article from I believe Buster Olney, like notable MLB writer, last week put out an, an editorial somewhere saying that Shohei Otani's approach to the offseason is doing him and MLB baseball no favors. Or like he's doing a disservice, I think is what he said, to the MLB baseball, its fans, and himself by like having no buzz or rumors surrounding his actual teams of interest. Basically saying he's mismanaging it. He's ruining all the attention that could be paid during winter meetings, blah, 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 blah. And somehow he wouldn't like come out of it just as rich as he has. I thought that was ass nine because, you know, you know, anybody shit. And then on top of that, like, as soon as things were about to get done, there was nothing but just online mis misinformation, rumors, buzz. Shohei's in Toronto. He's considering this. There were flyers about Chicago. You know, all these different things popped up and people were just as interested as ever as ever. And the news dropped in a prime spot where there was no other sports aside from army navy and the nba cup playing for 700 million yeah and then you get the waterfall like cycle that we expect of oh every pitch every time he spits out uh sunflower seeds show he's earning this amount of money yeah like those articles that are just canned yeah and then uh like the oh my gosh i'm gonna run out and train my kid to play baseball like because look at this like those are the two immediate takes so we got what we came for. <laughs> and keep in mind, he's like signing two guys in one, right? So Correct. it justified these stupid numbers when you consider that he is a starting pitcher as well as a uh, hitter. So oh, 
I yeah, trans so the translator too, though like the like three signing three individuals at once when you're bringing Shohei on staff is what you're saying, right? Yeah. I'm not no, I'm not saying that. Unless a translator can play can play second base or something. I don't think so. Number two contract in MLB history as far as like dollars wise is Mike Trout at four hundred twenty six point five million over twelve years. And you consider that these two guys were just teammates and they didn't win shit together. Is still the most mind-boggling thing of all time. I don't get it. Those two guys in a lineup together, and you can't you can't win half your games. The fuck's that? Insane. Yeah. Insane. I'm and and I'm gonna try to walk this a certain way. Like I saw the top ten list. The other name that stood outside Mike Trout for the reasons you just expressed was Bryce Harper, who has won a ring. Um, took him a while, took him a second franchise to get there. He's number eight on the list. Like took him to get to like DH levels to get there and almost got back this year. Um, but I think it says a lot about the international game of baseball that not only the talent on that list is unquestionable, but maybe the marketability value of the individuals like Mookie Betts is, is, uh, you know, on there too, but like you've got almost to have something beyond just insane amounts of talent. You've kind of got to be able to say that like, you can go demand a huge amount of market share in some other way. Cause I'm looking like Fernando Tatis. I'm thinking of Shohei. I'm thinking of whoever else on that list. And like baseball is a weird, weird animal, but like nobody on that list. Would you question if your team was the one that shelled out that money? Like you'd be on board for it. Yeah. So, baseball, man. I, I know tremendous. other guys, I know football players look at these contracts and they're like, fuck. This is stupid money. Stupid yeah, money. And then I would show them the schedule and say that people are doing truck day countdowns right now. And hell, champagne has not even dried. The Bud Light Heavy has not even dried uh, in, in Arlington yet. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's all we got. No, uh, no running back today. I can't, I can't run a board and take notes at the same time. I'm not that talented. So that'll do it for us today, KJ. People are saying David's the only thing that's been holding this wagon back, but uh, phenomenal time all around. And it's we got fun. legitimate baseball talk. Yeah, how about that? Randy, hell of a production today, man. Hey, thanks. All right. Uh, <laughs> Thursday, again, we have our live stream. I uh, don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but we will keep you we'll keep you updated. We have a kind of a scheduling conflict Thursday evening, so we will, we will let you know. I heard there's a crazy event uh, going down this Thursday. Bro, let's go out this weekend. There's a crazy event happening. See how quick I was on the board, Randy? <laughs> that was good. You can't, you can't teach this. That was good. All right. So, yeah. We'll talk maybe to the Too Much Dip Bowl special will be out Thursday at a time of our choosing. That's see you right. then. Yep, we'll see ya. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.